coming back onto the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Did you want me to turn my camera on or? Oh, it's only audio. Oh, it's only audio because your camera's on, so I wasn't sure. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't mind turning it on, but I mean, okay. you tell me. Okay, I turned it off. Okay. Yeah, I my eyes aren't that great with camera light. They start watering really badly. So. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, but as soon as I finished with our interview. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, what what it I I went and I was going to share it, mm-hmm. so I can upload it. Yeah, and it wouldn't even share. <sighs> I see. But yeah, I was like, okay, you know what? I hate this. And then I was like, <laughs> other things started happening. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, we're all under quarantine. Let me see if I can get some of the people back. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I had to I had to do Luke Truman's again too, just because of the same reason. I'm like, what the uh, heck is going on here? So how have you been? I mean, the best I can be with this thing going on. Obviously, it's it's touched everything and everybody, me included. So, um, but I've been okay, pretty good, pretty good. Um, I'm in the teaching certification program. That's been the majority of my focus. The last mm-hmm. several months since the last time I talked to you, and of course the schools are shut down now, so that's frozen at the moment. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. What subject? Um, math. Ooh. So yeah, <laughs> I like math. I mean, I I think of languages and math as two different sides of the same coin. That's just the way my mind works. Right. But um, yeah, I was placed in a high school near where I live and then okay. uh I'm at a, I'm currently attached to a middle school but um the school year's almost over and pretty much curriculum's almost done you know we've been trying to teach online the last couple of weeks but it's really you know we weren't prepared to teach online so it's just not right. very effective and uh the kids know it the teachers know it so it's just kind of you know we're just kind mm-hmm. of surviving until the end mm-hmm. of the year Wow, yeah, I um read your first chapter of the Tower of Babel and I mm. I was like I have to get this book because um and review it for my podcast because it, yeah. it was such a good book. Yeah. I've been I've been reviewing people's books who've written stuff about language learning. Yeah. And um I said, you know, I I mean I considered writing a book <laughs> uh myself. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, like, uh, since we have to re-record this, can we start from the beginning? Um, sure. How did you, how did you get started with language learning? Like, was it as a child, high school, college? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I'll, fairy dust, right? I'll just start from the beginning, like this, like I never met you for the first time. Okay. So, um, yeah, I started language learning in high school. My first class was French in high school. I mean, I grew up in Texas, so don't ask me why I took French. I can't even remember to this day, but um I liked it enough to where I got good enough to where I when I got to college, I took a test to test into intermediate French. My college made us take a test because you have to take a language at my college. Right. So I, I tested into Japanese after taking French. Because they were like, 
you know, you can handle a tougher language, you know, one that's tougher for native speakers of English, at least. So I had no idea what was doing, what I was doing in Japanese. It was really hard the first year. I wanted to drop it, but um, I didn't. I stuck with it uh, throughout my entire college time. And I ended up going on an immersion to Japan while I was in college and the summer of my senior year. And that was life changing. I mean, I got to I went to Ishikawa Prefecture in Japan on the west side of Japan and stayed in this like a small town and stayed with a host family. You know, by day we were in class. By night we were out. You know, I was in college. So it's like, you know, right. doing college things, you know, um, it was a lot of fun. And my Japanese got a lot better. So after I graduated, I continued to study Japanese on my own. I was in the military at the time, so I just I was living in Las Vegas, so I couldn't really I found like a local Japanese club, but I mean, I couldn't really use it. But then uh, my second posting in the military was in Okinawa, Japan, and I actually got to go live in Japan for two years. And that was another life changing experience. It was like a dream come true. I had like my dream job. Um, living in Japan, living in a Japanese neighborhood. I was working with Japanese uh, other counterparts over there in my job. So it was just amazing to get to experience Japan that way. So for two years, I lived over there. And then since then, um, I ended up moving to Hawaii. So I dabbled in Korean. That's where I met my wife. Uh, we just got married uh, last year. Um, we've almost been married a year now. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, we actually, uh, fun fact, we were supposed to have our wedding, our wedding ceremony was supposed to be in Bali next Monday. Wow. And, yeah, obviously that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one of the many Nobody things. Going nowhere. Oh yeah. One of the many things that's been postponed by the virus and the outbreak. Oh, we were supposed God, to. Yes. Singapore, the wedding was supposed to be in Bali. My family was supposed to fly out from Texas. Her family was supposed to fly out. We were supposed to all meet over there. And yeah, it was a lot of planning. And yeah, that's, that's on ice right now. Yeah, a lot but, of things feel like it's on ice right now. I mean, people are flipping out because they can't go to polyglot events or this or that. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, you can always make it virtual. Yeah, yeah. It's good that we have these virtual options nowadays. But some things, obviously, you can't do virtually. A wedding is definitely on that list. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> wait a minute. Somebody actually did do that. I mean, I believe you could. But, I mean, after you've already been planning for a couple of months, you don't really want to. Right. It's already non-virtual, but I mean, if you plan to have it virtual, then yeah, you could get it. All right. I mean, I, I I think it was um, Bindi Irwin and her her new husband uh, had, had done it virtual, you know, yeah. because of the whole thing, and they got married, you know, at her house in the Australian Zoo, and that's right. Yeah, I did read about that. Yeah, I I was like, oh, that is like so cool. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, after uh, after uh, Korea, I dabbled in Korean. Um, and then after I got out of the military a couple of years ago, I really actually it's not even a couple. It's like almost four years ago now. It's been a while. But I decided to become a Spanish court interpreter. And that's when I really got like serious about, you know, I want to use this language professionally. So, you know, right. I, I joke around no more dabbling, no more playing around, you know. So I took a class at an interpreting school online. I had 
so many different experiences. And this is kind of the basis of the foundation of the Tower of Babbling and the podcast that I have now, because all of those experiences that I got, I mean, I did, you name it. I had a blog. I volunteered. I traveled to Nicaragua. I went to uh, Las Islas Galapagos. I went to Ecuador um, just on my own time. Right. And I did all these different things to just help me learn Spanish. And uh, I didn't end up becoming an interpreter, obviously, because I said I'm a math teacher at the beginning. So it, it's really hard to become certified as an interpreter in California. Like, I mean, in California actually is a good place because there's lots of Spanish speakers. But Oh, yeah, from uh, Mexico and stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's tons of Spanish speakers where I live. And... But the test is is really tough. They only hold it two times a year. There's all these logistic problems. And long story short, I was like, man, I'm I'm ready to move on to something else. I was just getting frustrated by the process. So then Middlebury Middlebury has one. Yeah, they do. They they have a course, but I mean, they are man, they are so expensive. Like I looked into theirs early on. Like if you're an adult, right? If you're a kid, like college age, and you want to go there physically. You know, there's scholarships and options. But if you're an adult, you know, I got, I got a wife up here. You know, I can't just leave. I can't just move. Right, right, right. Yeah, my, oh. um, I had a friend. She was totally blind. She studied German. She went to Minerberry for undergraduate and graduate. Nice. And and she was over in uh, Germany, but she wasn't in Frankfurt or Munich or Dusseldorf. She mm-hmm. was like in some in a, in a town where it was like a military base. Yep. And she mm-hmm. got to do German for that whole time. And, nice. and um, you know, she said, you know, after her loans and everything and scholarships, she still owed like 30-something thousand. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very pricey. I mean, the quality is is excellent, I'm sure. Don't get me See, wrong. See, I, w- I would sign a contract to speak nothing but that language for a whole life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, if I had the money. 30, 30K in debt for it, yeah. Well, I I was lucky. I I got my student loans forgiven under Obama. Oh, nice. Uh, so I was very happy about that. <laughs> I, I said if I went back for a master's degree, uh, someone has to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking out another loan. Yeah. In, unless they want me to teach, you know. So what have you been up to this past couple of months since we talked last? I know you were talking about a, a language uh, conference or doing something I like was, that? I was, I was going to go to the Polyglot Conference in Mexico. Oh, However, okay. right now, it's in October, but the problem is mm. <laughs> we can't go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I'm this close to buying my passport because it's only $135. Yeah. But we can't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking to Richard and saying, hey, why don't y'all make it virtual? Mm-hmm. You know, because no offense, as much as people want to go, realistically, you and I both know it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. It ain't happening. I mean, we got to figure out how we going to vote. <laughs> you know? That's true. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky because I'm in Ohio. Yes, yeah. we have almost 21,000 people that have coronavirus. Mm. But, and I'm not afraid to say those words out loud because people mm-hmm. are, you know, I was like, come on now. Um, oh, there's people not saying it or something? I, right. I like, that. you can't say it on YouTube. They oh, oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah so um, I um, I think there's, like, almost 1,100 people 
that have died in Ohio, but they've been like eight seventy five and up. Yeah. And I, I still feel bad for those people and their families because that, that didn't deserve to happen. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, and you would just, I mean, I, I'm looking on Facebook and people are just flipping out and I'm like, you guys got to calm down. <laughs> if you're living, if you're living with somebody and you're living by yourself, the odds of you getting it are slim to none. Yeah. You know, the only thing I do is take my dog out, go to the grocery store. I have my mask on. I have my latex gloves on. I yeah. do. I've gone on the bus a couple times. They only let two yeah. people at a time. I mean, mm. you know, I take precautions. Yeah. But and that's all you can do. I mean, there's yeah. no, there's nothing none of us really can do. We're all kind of like powerless at this point, you know. Yeah, definitely. But and that I was mean, kind of the that was the the definite like catalyst for my podcast because I felt that powerlessness early on, and I actually recorded a YouTube video back in March where I was just like, and I just sent it to friends. You know, oh, I posted on YouTube, but I didn't really. It wasn't for monetization or anything because right. I don't even really have a big YouTube presence. But I was just like, yeah, I just was kind of just going just like depressed. You know, my, my program was was on ice. You know, my wedding was called into question all these things and everything I've right. been really working on is like, OK, it's kind of precarious at this point. So I'm like, what can I do? And I'm sitting here looking at my book and I'm like, well, I guess I could just read my book. And that's just right. the podcast. Yeah, I have been doing my language learning journey myself, my own per- mm. private for myself. Yeah. I've also been working out three times a week. Oh, nice. Because um, I have like a, I have like a little gym in my house. I mean, I have oh. a little, a little efficiency apartment, but I have enough furniture in my house. It's just me. Yeah. So I have an oversized chair, chaise lounge, you know, yeah. that's all the furniture I need to sit on, you yeah. know, TV, all that. And then in my bedroom, I got my bed and stuff. And then I got my, um, I got a treadmill. Oh, nice. I've got a yoga mat, an exercise mat, a three, cool. five, and eight pound set of weights, a whole bunch of Julian Michaels DVDs. <laughs> and so I've been doing, um, level one of, um, body revolution from her body revolution, 90 day body revolution. So yeah. I've been doing that for like a month now. Like I woke up this morning around 5:30, fed bottle, took them out. Worked out, got in the shower, and while I was in the shower, I was listening to uh, Michelle Thomas Foundation Irish course. Mm. Um, I've been I've been learning a bit of Irish mm. for the past month now because I found mm. out I had some Irish, and then I started Swahili like last week because those oh. are my two my two heritage languages. I see. So I decided to learn the basics of those only, and then I'll go back to my Levantine Arabic. Which is what I'm enjoying. Um, mm. I've been cooking, I've been cooking a lot of food. Like, today I made me some double chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> nice. And, uh, but I didn't use real sugar, I used brown sugar. Mm. And, uh, I made, I made them and they came out really good. Mm. And, it, in, I'm still waiting for my stimulus check to come. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, I, like I told, uh, a few people I said you know I've been I haven't been really following people I stopped doing that um mainly because no offense but I kind of feel like everybody wants you to buy their stuff yeah no it's and, true and it's just it's starting to get annoying no you know, it's, it's I don't true. think it, I, I think it's becoming more 
uh, you know, I want to market my brand now. Yes, I want to help people learn. Like, I mean, I already know how to learn languages. I've been doing it for five years. Yeah. So for me, it's not that big of a deal, but you kind of get tired of following people and they're just saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, and I, it's I've definitely seen that on social media too. I, you know, I have these things with social media. That, you know, I'm mainly on Twitter. That's where we connected for the first time, and right, um, it goes in waves for me. There's there's times where I'm all in on social media, and then I just kind of get bogged down, especially with you know the coronavirus going on. There's all these opinions. And all these conspiracy theories and everyone, you know, there's some people that have been directly affected by it. Other people, it hasn't really affected them at all. They're just kind of at home more and it's business as usual. So, yeah, I I get tired of of seeing that after a while. I get kind of bogged down. So then I'll just like, OK, I'll just kind of quit it and for a while. But then I'll come back. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a vicious cycle for me. Well, I mean, I I I lost a third cousin a couple of weeks ago mm. to um, heart failure. Ah, uh, I see. And um, you know, she was like seventy four, and my her daughter, her and I are only ten months apart in age. And I I called her uh, just to see how she was doing, and you know, I didn't even mention that you know I knew she was in the hospital or anything. I just called her because I I I cared. And we talked because we hadn't talked in years. Mm. You know, I mean, we only live an hour away, you know, <laughs> but, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. So, but, you know, like I tell people all the time, you're either going to be, someone's going to be passing away from that. They're going to be passing away from some type of other ailment. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, but this is just, you know, I try not to watch the news. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing over and over again. True. So I, I've been. I've been listening to a lot of Lebanese music, um, Hazel Weep. Mm-hmm. I got all her music and I'm listening to that. Nice. And, and then I've been sitting up there reading in Italian and French. My goal is to reread, um, El Petrino, um, mm. Godfather. Yeah. And, and then I want to, um, finish, well, uh, the whole, of Les Miserables in French. Mm. You know, that's like 1800 pages. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I want to do that. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I left my French alone. And mm-hmm. I feel that my French passively has grown so much as far as me being able to understand <laughs> books. And because yeah. when, when I when I interviewed Kevin from Kevin Abroad back mm-hmm. in August, he was like, how the hell do you understand 19th century French? That stuff is hard. Mm-hmm. Other, I've always had a love for French and Italian and Russian ever since I was a teenager. So for me, you know, it, it's not really that difficult. You know, I don't see languages as a, a, a barrier, you know, like mm-hmm. I see it as an opportunity to be able to communicate with people. I live in an area where we have a lot of Asian people who are from Vietnam and Korea and yeah. Thailand and um, mainland China and Hong Kong and Japan. So mm-hmm. I've been able to speak some Cantonese. I've been able to speak some Thai, um, some Russian, uh, some Arabic. And then we have a, a large Hindi population. So I yeah. learned some Hindi, a little bit of Hindi. And I mean, because I'm just, I like being around people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have this whole thing. Oh, well, do you need to be highly progressive and speaking a language? Well, that depends on what your goals are for what it yeah. is you're trying to achieve. If all I want to do is order food in a restaurant and just have a simple conversation with somebody in the target language, and that's my goal for that language, then yeah. fine. I'm yep. not trying to compare myself to all these people. And I see this time and time and time again on yep. social media. You got all these people saying, you know, they're beating themselves over the head for what? Well, who are you trying to impress? Yeah. I don't, and I don't, I don't understand that. Now, yes, yeah. have my, have I followed my followers in Twitter? Have they increased? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I have a lot more people in the language learning community following me. Um, I'm following people I didn't even know about. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then it helps me get people on the show that I wouldn't normally get. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did, I was able to interview, um, Luke from Luke, um, uh, full time fluency. I was mm-hmm. able to interview, um, the, um, uh, Helen Johuli who created the, um, Japanese Michelle Thomas course and she edited the Irish course and the Korean course. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed Sue Hart who works with Michelle Thomas and got him to agree to make his courses. Yeah. So I got to interview a few people this year that I wouldn't have normally been able to interview. I mean, there are other people. Like, I do want to interview Jonathan Siebel. <laughs> I, 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 he's an interesting cat. Mm-hmm. I, you yeah. know, it's, it's, he gives it to you straight, like, as far as his own journey is concerned. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, I, he interviewed me a couple of weeks ago, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's uh, just really down to, uh, down to earth. Good yeah, dude. yeah. And I, I, he joined my language learning group last year. And mm-hmm. uh, I... I, there are certain people I need to get back in contact with to interview. Uh, you know, I'm hoping I can get them because we're on lockdown. Yeah. Um, I still want to get Ollie to come on mm-hmm. to talk about his experience as a student with the Michelle Thomas Korean course. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I've interviewed a few people who've worked for the company. So I kind of want a student perspective, you know, who's done the recordings. What's yeah. it like, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, I know that he's, he's creating his own publishing, his own publishing company now hmm. for nice. his, his books. Yeah. He's doing his and books. I just bought like his Icelandic book. I need to get his Finnish book. I don't know. Hmm. And his Turkish book. I, I don't know if I want to get his Arabic book. I mean, cause it's MSA. Um, and I haven't done MSA. I've only done Egyptian and Levantine. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm still, you know, but I, I mean, I've, I've been doing a lot of cooking, mm-hmm. uh, Lebanese food and stuff and joined the Lebanese cooking group. And I've been posting like a lot of pictures and stuff and videos on Facebook about it. And yeah. I created another podcast show mm-hmm. about cooking. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm doing that and. I've just been listening to a lot of different podcasts and keeping my head like clear of anything having to do with coronavirus <laughs> is enough to drive you crazy. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, I've lost some weight, which is good. Mm-hmm. I've only got 13 more pounds left to go. You know, so, I'm about to turn 43 on the 1st mm-hmm. of June. So, 
you know, everybody's like, what are you going to do for your birthday? I was like, I'm making myself a carrot cake. And before, <laughs> and before the, my, my idea expires, I'm going to the liquor store and get my favorite alcohol <laughs> <laughs> and, and enjoy myself. Yeah. You know, it sounds I like mean, a good birthday. Yeah. But, you know, I, I said, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I still love language learning. Yeah. I, I just, I've come to the understanding I have to take myself out of other people's journeys or yeah. like like I can follow what you do but honestly you're not telling me anything I don't know myself yeah and I think that's been my um yeah it's it's definitely hard especially when you're you know you have a podcast I have a podcast when you're creating content you know you want this is what's something that I struggle with you know, when we make stuff like this language podcast, we're talking about languages and things like that. Our intended audience is other language learners, and but it veers towards just being for the language learning community. What I'm interested in is getting people who are not a part of the language learning community to find my podcast, to find my book, you know. Because right. you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, you're not going to teach me anything about learning languages that, you know, you don't know. You know what works for you. Right. I know what works for me. We're probably right. not going to teach each other anything that we don't already know or haven't heard or even haven't tried ourselves. So right. there's a lot. And, and I'm one for one. I'm happy that, you know, like when, you know, you're talking about Jonathan Siebold and you mentioned all some of these other names, you know, Lindy uh, and Steve Kaufman. These people are very, you know, all around the language community. They talk, they talk to anybody and they talk to other people within the language learning community. The hard part is getting people who are not in the language learning community. To, like I, I've been finding people that I know personally that, yeah. you know, and, and like, okay, I'm going to be appearing on um, Shahida Foster's Black Girls on Languages YouTube channel mm-hmm. on Sunday nice. to talk about my podcast show, to talk about my language learning journey. Cool. And I interviewed her last year for the first time. And the only reason I knew about her was because I bought a ticket to Women in Language last year. And it was my first real polyglot event, even though it was virtual. And I had a really good time because I got to learn so much more about other women out there. Yeah. You know, of all backgrounds um, that I didn't know before. Yeah. You know? And then I joined her. I joined her, her group because it's just for black women. Yeah. And, you know, she's selective about who she has. She almost has like 1500 people in her group. Mm-hmm. And it's been around for almost three years now. But right. there wasn't there wasn't one before. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about minorities in general. And I said, this is the problem. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough minorities to begin with in hmm. the language learning community. If yeah. they are, it's it's hard to find them. Yeah, and, true. And I said I wanted to interview Amber Gonzalez of Soy Ambi TV. However, mm-hmm. I got ghosted the hmm. day the day of, hmm. and I didn't know what happened. And then I heard that she let go of her YouTube channel for health reasons. Oh, she's hmm. okay. You know, but I mean, she had like 30,000 people, Hmm. you you know, and then she had all these different businesses and stuff where she was teaching people in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Colombia, 
Spanish yeah. and they had host families and she was about to be engaged to some guy in China and <laughs> and I said and this girl wasn't even thirty years old. Wow. But I can I could relate to some of her story, you know, what she had been through. She raised in her girls, Spanish and and English and you know, she also was learning Mandarin, she learned Korean, Spanish mm-hmm. and Brazilian Portuguese. So she was, you know, she wanted to be conversational in Mandarin, and she was doing real good because she was using Pimsleur and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, she wrote, like, two books. And, you know, oh. I really wanted to tell her story. Yeah. But it I, it just never happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I was going to interview Maria Ortega Garcia from Spain, mm-hmm. and that, that didn't materialize either. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, Okay, let me find other people, you know, that would be willing to want to do it. You know, I mean, I don't know what happened, and I probably never will. But but at the same time, too, it's like I found certain people's stories to be so fascinating. Just like I want to interview Matt versus Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people have some controversy with him and how he learned. I was like, dude, I learned the same way he did. Mm Mm-hmm. I learned Russian the same way. I mean, I spent 5,544 hours mm-hmm. doing nothing but listening to Russian. Yeah. 18 hours a it day, works. seven days a week for a year. It yeah. works. It does. It does work. Yeah. But you got to mix it up. I didn't listen to music, but I listened to a lot of Putin's press conferences because mm-hmm. I was in the, uh, I listened to talk shows, mm-hmm. like the live talk shows where, you know, you go out in the audience and ask them questions. I learned more about what was going on in my own country from Russia than I did in my own country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it was, and it was an amazing thing that, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I met my ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I was highly proficient when I was speaking for two to three hours in Russian, no English with his mother. And she spoke no English. Yeah. Wow, so I, I mean, for me, that was a milestone when I did that and I could read Tolstoy, you know. So, you know, like I tell people, I said, you know, that's because I loved Russian and everything Russian. And now I'm going into Arabic and I'm really enjoying it, you know, Um, especially because when you go into a restaurant, you can order some food and have Mm -hmm. a small conversation. It was like, oh, when you come back, you can speak to the manager. He speaks Arabic. I'm like. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been invited back to a restaurant before, but mm-hmm. not to speak to the manager in Arabic. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that tells you a lot right there. And then, I mean, I was yeah. invited to a Buddhist temple last summer mm-hmm. to practice my Thai, and it was very little Thai I was speaking. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I've been I've been doing my own thing, and mm-hmm. you know, um. Not allowing this whole coronavirus thing to frighten me or, you know, I mean, yeah. we've lived through worse. Yeah, definitely. So, so, you know, and I, I try to give as much advice as I possibly can, even though sometimes I feel like people's egos are involved too much. <laughs> yeah, and definitely. I, I've made some comments on, on Twitter where I've said, you know, you just need to not listen to these people mm-hmm. and do what you do. And if you're yeah. happy with it, then that's, you know, because that's what's important at the end of the day is that the person's happy with the mm-hmm. results that they're getting. Yeah. So you take your time with the language. There's nothing wrong. I'd rather see you take your time with it and progress slowly 
than trying to cram it for what? Yeah. I mean, who are you, are you doing it for you now? Or are you doing it to make some type of impression mm-hmm. upon somebody else? I mean, unless it's for a job, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing. Like yeah. Robin McPherson had to learn his his Dutch in two months for a job. But, I mean, Dutch yeah. is easy to learn. I mean, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, you know. It's basically English with an accent. Mm. But, I mean, it's it's really not that hard. But, mm. you know, if you, if you, like, I know German, I can understand German, I just don't speak it. Yeah. So, for me personally, like, you know, I've came to the understanding that I like all the languages of the East, like Turkish and Russian and mm-hmm. Hindi and Arabic and Swahili and, and Cantonese, Thai, Japanese. Those are the languages I like, along mm-hmm. with Icelandic and Finnish. So, you know, I told people, I said, you know, I see why all these people learn all these languages, but my problem is I don't see anyone mixing them up. What do you, you know, what do you mean mixing them up? Like, like, okay, let's say you, you pick Western Europe or you pick Europe just as an example. So yeah. you speak Russian, French, and Italian. Well, yeah. that was me, okay? I learned Spanish because I didn't have a choice. You know, it was mm-hmm. part of the three requirement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I wanted to learn it, trust me. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have. But it was the gateway to the other languages. Mm. Uh, but uh, I liked the idea, okay, Hindi, Swahili, Arabic, Turkish, Cantonese. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, Cantonese, Thai, and Japanese. Well, I love their cinema. I love the food. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm learning it. Yeah. You know, and I also love, you know, speaking to people. Even if it's conversational, I don't care. You know, it's better than nothing. <laughs> so for me, that's a big thing. I love Bollywood movies and and, and <laughs> food and and cooking and so Hindi. I want to do basic Hindi, but I also wanted to go to a Hindi restaurant. And, and order some food in Hindi, order some food in Japanese. Cause I've been doing that. I've been, everybody's like, that's so basic. I was like, yes, but you'd be surprised how many doors that opens when you're able to order food in another language. And yeah. Mm-hmm. You're able to learn about someone else's culture and how they do things. And, mm-hmm. You know, so forth and so on. You'll be, I mean, people are so warm when you start, you can say three words in their language and they're happy. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something that I've seen. With my own language learning journey, and I said, you don't have to leave your country in order to to converse with people. There are people from all over the world living mm-hmm. in your backyard. You'll be surprised. Yeah. You know. So I mean, and that that means something to me personally. Now, yes, can I eavesdrop on somebody's conversation in Spanish and tell you what they're saying? Sure. Do I want to? No. You know. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, too, you know. I I've never liked being monolingual. Mm. I always like to be multilingual because we live in a very connected world and with the internet and everything it's even better. That's true. Yeah. You know, so I mean I've met so many different people from all over the world, it's unreal. I mean I've even had to leave language groups because I was like, I'm not learning this language, let me get out of here. I'm not learning this language, let me get out of this one. I left like twenty groups out of hundred and forty. 
just because I wasn't, you know, I wanted to focus on the languages that meant something to me. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, I need to learn French, Italian, Spanish, Brazilian Portuguese, or European Portuguese, German, and I need to learn Danish, Norwegian, and uh, Swedish. Okay, now if I learn Danish, Swedish, and Norwegian, when the heck am I going to use it? <laughs> and who who am I going to speak to in real life? You yeah. know, I mean, I had, to, I had to ask myself these questions. Yeah. You know, and if those types of languages I'm, are not in my environment, I'm not going to focus on that. That makes sense. Just because, to me, that would be a waste of my time. Even though mm-hmm. I did dabble in all three, and they're all great. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, uh, I'm not going there. Okay. Uh, Dutch, yes. You know, Italian, French, Russian, you know, Turkish, all those languages. Yeah, Swahili, Arabic, Hindi. You know, they got Dari here, Pashto, Urdu, spoken here in Akron. So, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. why am I going to learn all these European languages if they are not being spoken? Yeah. In my town. I mean, that makes no sense to me. I mean, I think sometimes people say, oh, I speak like five or six languages. And then when you go down the list of what the languages are, you're like, there's no variety. Hmm. Not really. Yeah. You're going from one fam- you're going, you're just learning all the languages in that one family. Hmm. To me personally, it's like, okay, if, if I told you I spoke a little bit of this and I spoke a little bit of that, you know, I would be, you know, and I'm not saying I'm I'm 100% native in any of these languages, nor do yeah. I choose to be native. You know, I I get kind of, I would say, ticked off because um, people don't, you know, they want to reach native like fluency. And what they realize is that, okay, are you going to live in the country? Yeah. Are you going to teach at a school? Mm-hmm. In that language, in that particular subject matter. Yeah. No. So, C2 would be out of the question, mainly because you're not going to law school in Russian. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. And uh, there's definitely some people who are like that. And, you know, I I don't know what people's goals are. They're so varied and we don't, we don't know. But, right. Um, it just depends on what they're trying to do with the language, I guess. But their idea of native is like, okay, I need to reach C2. Okay. What is the reason? Mm-hmm. Is it just because you want to hit that target? I'm going to be honest. It's going to take you a minute to get there. Yeah, you might be definitely. able to get to a B2. Depending on what the language is. Now, if it's yeah. something simple, you know, you're not going to have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that's more complex, like Mandarin, yeah. uh, it might be a couple years. <laughs> Just be, re- yeah. I mean, but you have to be realistic with it. I mean, Vladimir skoltani has been studying Mandarin for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And he's highly proficient in Mandarin. I mean, he has a degree in Chinese um, characters. Hmm. But he's but he even he says there are things that he still learns and he's been studying for like thirteen years. Yeah, it takes you, that long. Yeah, you know, and and 
it, it makes me think, like, okay, are you doing this because you plan on going over there and working and, and you know how competitive the Chinese are. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, look, what are you planning on doing? You want to build the next atomic bomb or something? Then, I, I just, I, I mean, it, everybody's like, well, I want to be fluent. I was like, do you even understand you're using the word wrong? It's like fluency means how well you can speak the language, like how well it flows out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean how much of the language you know, yeah. like how many phrases. That's proficiency. Yeah. And they, they get it wrong every time yeah and i'm like okay wait a minute you're asking somebody to pay for your course and you can't even use the word correctly Mm. oh wow that i mean and i think that i mean i don't mind saying this and i will never apologize for being honest about how i feel about that because Mm. it's like okay i'm not spending money i'm and I just, I won't really spend tons of money if I don't have to. Because yeah. there's so many free resources. And then if you know people, you know, you can get stuff. Yeah, but of course. I like, I got the Irish Foundation course for 40 bucks from the Michelle Thomas. Um, because they're doing it 60% off until the 15th of this month. All about Irish is doing a, they're doing the, uh, uh, 60% off until next week. Yeah. This Friday. So I got it because I wanted to be able to at least speak at a upper beginner level. Mm-hmm. Like A2. Mm-hmm. And I said after that I'm done, you know. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I've learned a lot. You know, I take my time with it. I'm not going to rush it. Just like with Swahili, I'm going to do a chapter of Swahili today and chapter two and, and there's like 20 chapters on the Mango app and I'm doing that and found a podcast for me to listen to and mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm in a swahili group and mm-hmm. you know I, i've gotten to the point now i don't know about you but i've gotten to the point where you know i learned enough of the language to be able to communicate mm-hmm. so i won't have to sit there and ask questions like how do you say this i go on freaking dang on youtube and find out how you say this yeah or how you say i mean because a lot of people they do that and it just to me, yeah. I was just like, okay, you're wasting the person's time. Yeah. You, you need help with a grammar point. You know, are you yeah. having difficulties using the past tense or the future or whatever? That's yeah. more important than how do you say monkey wrench in Swahili? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. are you, you're never going to use that. Mm. Not really, unless you go over there. But yeah. you see what I'm saying? They speak English anyway. Mm. So, I mean, it's great to un- to learn their language. I mean, it's a beautiful language. Um, you know, and I'm I'm just at the basics right now with that. So I said I'm doing that. Um, you know, finish up a couple of 10 chapter courses I started last summer just so I can just get the basics out. If I don't go any further with it, I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, find more guests to interview. I, I that's pretty much how I'm keeping myself you know, busy with this whole Corona thing. I'm not really, I'm just taking it day by day, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause it's all you can do and try to, you know, give advice and, 
tell people not to chill out, even though some people's like, well, you know, they're going to do that. And I'm like, yes, freaking out isn't going to solve your problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the language is going to be there. Why yeah. are you trying to rush it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, I mean, and I have to take a step back too. I'm going to be 43. A lot mm-hmm. of these people are way younger than me. Yeah, of course. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I used to be that age. But see, I, when I was mm-hmm. their age, I wasn't worried about the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was too busy worrying about my grades and partying with my friends and going to karaoke bars and getting mm-hmm. tipsy a little bit and on someone else's dime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I wasn't thinking about how many people liked me and on Facebook. I, I didn't have a Facebook page until I was 32. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, for me personally, it's like I didn't hit social media to my 30s. I'm like, I really, you yeah. know, I use it as a tool to connect with people, network. You know, I talk about other hobbies, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I kind of live through my languages. So whatever I do in my my um, English life, I try replicating that same process in whatever language I'm wor- I'm learning at the moment, you yeah. know. I always say, if you go over to someone's backyard, make sure you can ask for directions, ask for help, um, order some food. Because mm-hmm. if you go to another country and you don't know how to order food, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I know someone that did that. They went over somewhere and they didn't know how to order food. They learned real quick because they had to eat. Because <laughs> they didn't speak English. Mm. Well, the, the people they were with didn't speak yeah. English very well. So I was like, Oh, but see, that would have been my favorite environment mm-hmm. because that would have forced me to just use the language. Like yeah. I'm like um, Lucas Bigetti from Language Boost. He likes the silent approach where you sit there and you just speak the language mm. with the person and you don't revert to any other language. Yeah. You know, I like that approach because you're forcing yourself to use what you know. Mm. And you'll know if you know it or not. Yeah. You know. You might not know every word, but you're getting your point across. And that's yeah. probably more significant than, than I need to know every word or I need to understand. Like I tell the girls all the time, you don't need to know every word. Just go through the material one time, then go through the material again. If you see stuff that repeats, stop, write it down. And then once you're finished, look it up in a dictionary. You know, someone's like, they still use those? I'm like, yes, you can get an English to whatever language dictionary, if English is your first language or whatever your language may be, just mm-hmm. so you'll know what the definition is, use it in a sentence in your own words, and, you know, you're good to go. Um, yeah. You know, but there's so much out there. And I said, don't rely on Google Translate for everything. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't really produce great results all the time and mm-hmm. like someone asked me what what am I using to learn my languages and it was like well these are a whole bunch of courses and stuff and I said yes but you have to understand something I use text to speech software so for me it's a lot different mm-hmm. I can't just pick up a book and read it anymore yeah. so I have to do things differently and a lot of the apps that you guys recommend I've tried them out they're not accessible with my screen reader Mm-hmm. And they may look beautiful aesthetically. Great. 
That looks great. That's pink. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, but I can't, I can't use it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a waste of time. Like Duolingo. I know plenty of people. Long yeah. inside it. Use it. I tried it back in its infancy days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this ain't for me. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I tell people, you have to find what's best for you. What make, what helps you. And, and do things that are interesting. Don't just do things like, um, don't try to learn a language with a grammar book, a textbook. Go out there. If you want to eat a meal that's from that country, find it in that language. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing with Arabic. I've been listening to a lot of Arabic um, music. And I went on to uh, someone's website because I was trying to make a particular dish. And I understood like 70% of what they were saying because I kept listening to stuff mm-hmm. passively. But, you know, it was coming, you know, and I was very happy with, with my, you know, progress mm-hmm. with with my Arabic. And, well, your Arabic is really good. And I was like, well, thank you, you know. And I do have to say that when you're learning Eastern languages or Russian or something, you're not getting, I mean, you'll have some people that are kind of egotistic and stuck up. But a lot of them are very warm and welcoming. You know, when it mm-hmm. comes down to you speaking their language now, when it came down to me speaking Spanish, I got a lot of negative flack. So, and then I really, really, yeah, I, really, what do you, yeah. why do you think that was? Well, my Spanish wasn't the greatest back then. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want to speak it because it wasn't the language of choice. I just had to get it for a degree requirement. And that was the only language that was offered to me at the community college I went to before I transferred to Kent. So I, now don't get me wrong, not wanting to speak it is totally different than yo quiero conseguirlo. You see what I'm saying? I want to be able to sing it. I want to be able to sing the music. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to dance to it. I want to be able to eat the food. Hang out with the people. Let's party. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But I should not be forced to speak something I don't feel comfortable with. Right. All because the population is what it, And there's a lot of people that are of, you know, Latina descent that don't even speak a lick of Spanish. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it's like, you know... I enjoy the, I enjoy the artistic side of it, the the food and the dancing and the music. So mm-hmm. I get more out of that than mm-hmm. I do. Okay, yo quiero hablarlo. No, I don't. I mm. don't like to speak it, so I won't. You know, I mean, I know it. I was able to translate written text from it when I graduated from college, mm-hmm. even though I didn't have even though I didn't have a certification in it. Yeah. But my love was always French and Russian and Italian. Mm-hmm. That's where I like because I love the, the, the food and the people, the cinema. I love the fashion and the history. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that I, I was more connected that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And like when I interviewed Dr. Krashen back in June of last year, 
He said, well, you know why you had a headache for two hours after you finished speaking with those people from Mexico? Was because you weren't comfortable speaking the language and you forced yourself to speak Mm -hmm. it in order to communicate. But when, but when I speak any other language, I have no headache. Mm. So that tells me I'm comfortable. Yeah. Even if I make mistakes, I'm comfortable. Yeah. You know, and I don't have a problem falling on my face and making mistakes. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to put that on a video. You know, but at the same time, I think people have this problem with saving face. They want to save face as much as possible. I'm like, dude, people aren't going to take you seriously if you don't, like, make some mistakes. Uh, But this is probably what people don't realize. I started off at zero knowing nothing about this language, and now I can speak it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've left a few people's groups just because of. The fact that I have a different approach to learning and because it wasn't the same approach as the person that was the admin of the group, mm-hmm. you know, you have people bashing, bullying, verbally abusing, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a lot of sexism, a lot of racism mm-hmm. going on. And I just said, I'm done. You know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't join this for that. I want more open-mindedness and less negativity. Negativity. Yeah. Um. You know. So, for me personally, it gives me great pleasure every week that I can like tell people about. You know, this is my approach. This is how I do it. You might not do it this way, but I thought mm. I'd put this out here just to see what you guys thought. You know, so forth and so on. Um. And and and. You know, I know people aren't going to do it the way that I do it. Yeah, of course. course, I mean, the way I do it is insane. (laughs) You know, I mean, people don't. Well, I mean, you don't take a whole foundation course of Michelle Thomas, and that's seven. That's seven CDs, okay? Mm -hmm. And you do the whole seven hours. Yeah. At once, who does that? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I do, but that's because I want to go through it one pass. And then, you know, whatever I don't remember, I go back. But, but, I mean, now that we have this, all this time on our hands, you know, I'm, I'm going back to my theater roots, Mm -hmm. my film roots, since that's what I studied in college. You know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at, I'm watching movies with like, I watch Bad Boys too with Arabic subtitles. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was kind of funny, you know. I kind of blocked out the uh, the English because I already knew what the whole thing was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was watching movies with different subtitles. Like, I have it in one language. If it has a different language track, I'll have it yeah. in French. And yeah. then I won't have French subtitles because my French is that good, passively. Mm-hmm. And I'll just sit there and I will watch it in a different language with different subtitles and have voiceover read it to me. Yeah. And so I'm getting like two languages for the price of one. Yeah. For the whole movie, you know, and I mean, yeah, so for me, it's. It, I'm just taking my time. Like I took time off of Japanese. Yeah. Since the Olympics aren't until next year, I yeah, said I'll true. work on, I'll work on my two heritage languages. I'll work on Arabic. Yeah. I'll finish the. Thai course and the Turkish course and get that over with. I'll try to finish the the 
Icelandic course and the Finnish course at some point. Because they're like 20, 20 chapters long. But it's like, you know, over 100-something lessons per one. Well, for the, mm-hmm. for like the Icelandic, the Turkish, the Swahili. Yeah. So so I, I, I'm I'm going to be doing that. And I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing the um, finishing the Egyptian Arabic for mango and then the Lamatine Arabic is like 20 chapters mm-hmm. and so I said I'm, I'm going to do that um, you know otherwise uh, you know I've just been keeping my mind focused on other things other than what's going on outside of my apartment mm-hmm. because yeah. at the end of the day I mean I can contact my family, I can contact my friends, but I can't, you can't really see anybody. I mean, you can. Mm-hmm. You just gotta do social distancing. Yeah. And I did that with a friend of mine that lives down the hallway from me. She's older and she has some health issues, so I went to go visit her once. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I don't, I don't really socialize that much because it's like, well, physically socialize. Because it's like, you just don't know. Of course, yeah. You know, and I mean, I'm like, I hope they come up with the uh, vaccine eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, because people are like, how long are we going to have to deal with this? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, just like I did a podcast talking about how I'm learning languages through COVID-19. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because personally, you know, you got to have something to occupy your time with. Mm-hmm. You can't just focus on it because it will depress the hell out of you. Definitely. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, I, I work out now and I, I get that done and I get my language learning done and I'm binge watching shows that I've never seen, you know, on Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. You know, so in English and in other languages. Yeah. And so I'm really having a good time with that and and keeping myself, you know, occupied in that way and cooking food from all over and making videos. And I mean, I might not be making YouTube videos because I'm not the big I'm not the biggest one on it. I just I have a YouTube channel, but mm-hmm. I'm not. It's not active. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might as well start over. Yeah. You know, just because personally, I mean, if I can put my podcast on it, that would be great. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Um, you know, and I just did 150 episodes. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 50 away from 200, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've been on the air for two years now. So with mm-hmm. just this one podcast and then I have my cooking podcast and I just started back in January. So, you know, I mean, I'm really enjoying the whole podcast thing and mm-hmm. I found people that I know in the industry where I'm following their podcast. And, yeah. You know, and it's just, it gives you a better perspective on like what's going on mm-hmm. from other people and, you know, they're really making the best of it. Yeah. You know, as much as they can. Yeah. You know, oh, I was going to ask you, how did you ever go to, did you ever go to China? Yes, I've been to I've been to China a long time ago. But are you talking oh, about Singapore or yeah, China? Yeah, we, we, when you when we talked last, you said you and your wife were supposed to go. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yes, we we were getting ready to go. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we did go last year. Um, Yeah, we went last year, and we went to Malaysia as well. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so we went. We were gone for about two weeks, almost about two weeks. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's always a great time to get to see our family, hang out with a bunch of our friends that are still over there. And, uh, yeah, we just we were in an Airbnb, her, me and her entire family um, in on Penang Island in Malaysia. And uh, I don't speak any Malay. I did mm-hmm. a little bit a couple of years ago, but I I. I can't even claim to speak it, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. I did get to use my Mandarin Chinese. I, I had been kind of spinning up my Mandarin at that time mm-hmm. um, to use it in a couple of taxi rides and it was a lot of fun. I was going to ask if you can break down your daily routine for language, like, yeah. like just Mandarin as an example. I mean, yeah. Are you a morning person, afternoon, night person? Mm-hmm. You know, do you use flashcards? Do you mm-hmm. use a combination of flashcards, textbooks, other yeah. stuff? Yeah, so I don't really have a, a routine. Like right now, I'm actually not doing any Mandarin. I'm not really doing any language right. Well, let me go back. So I actually got am in training right now for an interpreting job for a Spanish uh, Spanish immigration interpreter over here in California. So I'm in their training program right now. So I'm doing like all Spanish right now to get do fulfill the requirements for that position. But I haven't, just like I told uh, Jonathan Seabolt, I don't really, I have like an off season and then an on season mm-hmm. training for language. So I'm on season when I'm like preparing for a trip or, there's some type of event coming up, but if I'm off season, I'll read and I'll watch like Chinese dramas with my wife sometimes, but I'm not like doing any flashcards or anything intensively like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't do flashcards anymore. I mean, I used to do, I did do all the memories for, um, yeah. for, um, Russian. Mm. I mean, I was just in the zone, like, yeah, completely. And, um, but I did a lot more listening. I mean, I started off with like Russian Made Easy by Mark Thompson, 30 podcasts, and I'd finished that in a week. And then I did all of the, uh, Michelle Thomas Russian, the foundation course, in, uh, intermediate and the vocabulary, which I have. And I would go back to that, you know, because there's times when you forget stuff. Yeah. So you just go back to, to refresh your memory. And yeah. I mean, I did that. I did do some Pimsleur, but it was too slow. Yeah. Pimsleur is pretty slow. Yeah. And, um, so I, I did a lot more listening to stuff on, on TV. Yeah. And I learned so freaking much. Yeah. I mean, it was read to, and I, there was another thing I did. I spoke for a year. Mm-hmm. I spoke for a year and then I took another year and I did a lot of listening. Yeah. And so that's what made my level go really high. Steve Kaufman, I had interviewed him, but I got to do the interview again mm-hmm. because it never picked up. Oh no. It took me a year to get him. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was, him. He's, he's great. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. I use, I'm actually using link for his Levantine Arabic shorts, the mini story. Oh, nice. Yeah, I do the audio because it's so much easier. I mm. mean, 
Yes, I could do. Actually, I could do the um, the text because I can put hook up my my display, and I can read the the text from my display in, in Arabic Braille. Mm-hmm. And so I would be able to read it too. I mm-hmm. mean, I memorized the alphabet. It was pretty self-explanatory. It took yeah. me a couple of minutes to memorize it. But people were like, "How the hell do you memorize all this stuff?" I was like, "Well, when you're motivated, yeah, you have to be motivated. You can't just be out of it. Like, you got to be on point with that. I mean, if if all I'm going to do is learn the alphabet today, my numbers the next day, yeah, you know, my days of the week, months of the year." There's certain things you need to know. Do you need to know every color? Not necessarily, not right now. Yeah, of course not. You know, so, I mean, I know certain animals. I have a dog. I like cats. Okay, I eat fish. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I don't go any further than that, fine. I'm not worried about it. You mm-hmm. know, you're not talking about that constantly. I talk about my guide dog. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I'm not, you see what I'm saying? Like, I love animals, but... I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what interests me, like what sports, what books, movies, you know, where did I go? Or, you know, I went to the store, I bought this, I did that. I traveled here. I went to school here. I Your normal stuff you would talk about. Yeah. You know, and you kind of have to repeat the same process. Yeah. Um, You know, for whatever language you're learning, like, yeah, now I've sure. gotten to the point where I've been becoming creative with it, where I yeah. just start learning how to cook mm. different meals from the country for which yeah. I learned language. Like I made shepherd's pie oh, nice. for the first time, and I used ground turkey. And I went on YouTube and found like three or four different recipes, and I just tweaked. I didn't have Worcestershire sauce. I didn't have this. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is good. So you don't need that. Okay, here. Mm-hmm. You know, I even made homemade mashed potatoes from scratch. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I've been doing a lot of cooking. I mean, it's amazing. I've been doing a lot of cooking. I've been losing weight. So, so, you know, for me personally, you know, I've, I've interviewing people and, you know, like learning more about, you know, Palestine and Lebanon and Syria and, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, while learning, you know, the language and, you know, I had to pick what dialect, and I said Levantine because we have a large Lebanese population here. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the people just embraced me. And I was just – I never felt so good about mm-hmm. what I was doing. Nice. You know, and, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious. When you went over to Malaysia and you were over in Singapore, when you went and you, you were speaking Chinese, how did uh, – how were you received? You know, what was the reaction? Oh, it was generally good. I mean, it helps that uh, my wife looks Chinese. She's not, she's part Chinese, but she's not completely Chinese. But um, yeah, it helps. But um, because I was never, I was rarely on my own there speaking it. I can't really say if like I got, if I would have gotten like dirty looks or anything. But I mean, anytime I spoke Chinese uh, with other people, they were always like, wow, you know, a little bit. So it was always helpful. It was always nice. But I understand what you're saying about um, sometimes people looking at you sideways because you they don't expect you to speak, to speak the language. And I talk a little bit about this in, in my book. Um, in the native-like chapter, I talk about how 
just because you've reached a high level of proficiency or fluency or literacy or whatever in a language does not mean that you're going to be automatically received by the culture. Right. Yeah. Because I experienced that in in Japan several years ago. You know, sometimes, you know, you'd meet people. This didn't really happen as much in Okinawa, but on the uh, main island in around Tokyo. Yeah. Um, Definitely got a few looks up there, you know, would try, would use some Japanese up there and would be like, you know, like, why are you speaking this language? You don't, you know, it's, it's not your language or whatever. You know, you always get people like that. Um, oh yeah, I, I got that. I got yeah. That. I you you do. Spanish. Yeah, yeah, you do get people like that, and it's the same with English, right? We, we a lot of Americans will give it to non-native speakers of English. You know, like how come your English? You know, you say things this way. You don't. You know, it's weird, or you know. And my I I summed this up very succinctly in my book was just like you know, basically haters gonna hate. There's always right. gonna be people out there that are like you know you got no business speaking the language. You don't sound like a native. You don't look like a native speaker. You definitely aren't. So, you know, why bother? But there's a lot of people who are, like you said, you know, they're going to embrace you, especially when it's a less widely spoken language. Right. Well, when you people know, don't expect it. They're so going to be. It's funny, okay. though, you say that because I've seen where people are speaking their native tongue and they could be on the bus and people are like, they're probably talking about me. And I also didn't mm-hmm. say they're not talking about you. Will you shut up and stop being ignorant? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, because honestly, we we come from a monolingual country. Yeah, but yeah. to be honest, Chinese and German and Dutch and Spanish and French, we're all here. Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately, it's like, okay, now you got Arabic and Somali and Vietnamese, and Korean, and Japanese, and Thai, you got all these different cultures, mm-hmm. and depending on where you live, oh my, like, you know, there we have more of a, a, a Arab culture now in Ohio, and I mm-hmm. love it, I'm loving it, mm-hmm. because now I'm able to be like, ooh, you know, I want to speak it, you know, yeah, you know, and I, I was like, I speak a little bit of Arabian, you know, and, and when I do, it's like, you know, people were like, like I, I said a little bit of Korean. I, I said, um, Biko, American, um, and then I said Tabat, which means awesome in Korean. Mm-hmm. And I get, and my aunt was like, that's all you know after three weeks? And someone <laughs> said, you know how hard it is to learn Korean? <laughs> so like, yeah, I learned Korean when I was in the army. I'm like, yeah, but you don't speak it today. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, even if you know a little bit, you know, I mean, I would love to watch Parasite, but they didn't have English subtitles. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to watch it because it was on, uh, it was on um, Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to watch Parasite. No. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to buy it either. Yeah. So, I mean, they had Spanish subtitles. I just didn't feel like going through all that. Yeah. So I was just like, uh, never mind. And it's almost like, oh, they have English subtitles. Not on this one, they don't. <laughs> you know, so because I have Apple TV. So, oh, I see. So I'm like, uh, no. But I will say, you know, when it comes down to like Thai and Japanese and Korean and Cantonese, I, I, I'm a Netflix person, so I'll sit and I'll find 
dramas and movies and if my language skills aren't that great, I'll throw up the English subtitles and watch the movie and be, you know, I'll watch the whole thing and get the whole gist of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll turn off the subtitles and then I'll go back and I'll listen to it in the, the actual language. Because mm. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I already watched it in the target, in the in in my target language, in my yeah. name. So, I mean, it. I, I think, um, because, um, I don't know if you followed this guy. He's this black guy, and he's he goes around interviewing um, black people from like all over who moves hmm. like Japan and Korea, different places. Are you talking about Moses? No, 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 not Moses. No, 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 no. He's it's somebody else. It's somebody else. I can't remember who uh. this guy is, but I I saw him on YouTube. And he does all these interviews, and he did this interview about this one black woman who married this Korean guy in, yeah. in Seoul, Korea. And they have their own, like, hair shop slash restaurant slash clothing mm-hmm. store, and they're doing very well nice. in, in Korea. And and she was like, oh, yeah, I learned the language, and, you know, this is what you have to do. And, you know, because, you know, black people don't, their sizes aren't the same, and they're you know, mm-hmm. because Korean people are tinier and so forth and so on, <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, you learn so much from just watching these interviews yeah. about the people and their culture. And I've always talked about that. You know, you need to know about their culture and not just speak their language. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, because the way that they behave is totally different than the way we would behave. Oh, of course, you, yeah. You know, so when I'm speaking Russian, I'm more conservative, even though I'm liberal. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there are yeah. things I, I wouldn't curse in Russian. Mm-hmm. Why would I do that? I mean, I might curse in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I might curse in English. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to curse in Russian. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, my mindset changes when I'm speaking in languages. Yeah. You know, so I have a totally different insight into what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, with with each language I speak. And people are like, so you're saying your personality changes? And I was like, yeah, somewhat. <laughs> Because you're diving into that 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 different headspace of it, you learn how to think differently and see the world totally different. Yeah. Than what you would in your English life. Yeah. You know, because not everything is about English twenty four seven, even though people want you to think so. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, okay, I I wanted to ask, were do do you ever feel that people have this expectation? Especially second language speakers mm-hmm. of like English, they 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 have this expectation they have to be perfect when they speak English. But then mm-hmm. when you speak their language, they expect you to speak it like they speak it when they know that you're not native. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't feel that way. I mean, I feel like I feel like that people as long as there's a message being communicated. At least this has been my experience. Then right. people are are happy. You know, I'm I I myself I'm trying to produce as pure of a of a you know language interpretation as possible. So whenever I speak Spanish, whenever I speak Japanese, whenever I speak Mandarin, right? You know, I'm trying my best to get it out the best I can, depending on my level, my exposure, obviously. Um, but 
Maybe some, maybe they have that expectation. I'm, I'm not sure if they do, but I, I mean, my, my most recent experiences have been with my students. Um, mm-hmm. I have, you know, obviously I live over here in California, so I have several Spanish, native Spanish speakers that I work with students. Mm-hmm. And anytime I spoke Spanish with them, even though I know my Spanish doesn't sound native, um, I, I'm not trying to make it sound native. It's just going to sound like the way it sounds when I speak Spanish, but right. that is enough. That is more than enough. And, and there were times where I spoke it and I was like, man, because I'm explaining like high school mathematics in Spanish. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm trying my best. And, and I'll tell you, like, I don't know, like all the words for different things like variables and oh, this it, you need to borrow here and, and, you know, move this to the other side. This is the equal sign. Don't forget to divide and all these things like right. those get kind of complicated when you're trying right. to transfer them at the same time but i i got my message across and the student was so grateful and that to me is enough that i've done my job with the language it doesn't matter if it's pure or perfect or not right because i i've seen that i guess from my experience being female and i used to do language exchanges i don't really do them as much anymore because of this reason well a couple factors one they like to hit on you (laughs) yeah and then two, um, they have this expectation that you're supposed to know their language inside and out like they know their language. But when you're speaking English to them, you're not insulting their English. You're trying to help them. I see. You're trying to help them perfect their English, make yeah. them feel more confident about wanting to speak it, make mistakes. And then when you ask them, what do you like to read? Hmm. Grammar book. Hmm. And in the back of your head, you're like, you don't learn from a grammar book. You don't. Mm. That's not how you learn a language. You know, so then you have to explain, do you have other things that you like to read, like in your native language? So I'll, I'll go to their native language if I know it, and I'll, t- I'll say, hey, do you like to read this? Do you like to watch this? Then mm. maybe you might want to do this in English, you know, English. Yes. You know, because if you don't, you're not going to improve. You're mm-hmm. still just going to be at a, a level that's not conducive to what you want it to be. Like, they want to be able to communicate, like, in a yeah. boardroom for their business. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if that's the case, then you need to learn business English. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, because I have certification in business English. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, it's like, well, if you can't understand a person who's speaking... American English. I mean, because they're mm-hmm. going off of British English. They're not yeah. going off of American English. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of this is going to be you need to do a lot more reading and a lot more listening. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always tell them that because I can help you, but I can't teach you the language. You have mm-hmm. to want to learn it. Yeah, of course. You know, it's, it's something that you, you learn instinctively by mm-hmm. reading and listening and speaking out loud even if it's to yourself you know and and what their problem is is that they have roadblocks in their head because they want to speak perfectly and i was like we don't even speak perfectly yeah yeah there is a huge difference and that is that is something that i actually just addressed in my last uh podcast episode like waiting until and it was on advanced speaking and waiting until you think you're perfect is a huge curse you know like 
Right. And so is on the other end, being too self-critical of yourself, you know, like you, you're so uh, focused on getting your grammar right and rolling your R's or getting this accent or whatever that right. you don't want to screw up. So, you know, you need to kind of find a middle ground to where it's, you know, you're not you're not being overly critical, but then you're also not you just I don't know, you don't go too far to the other extreme. And right. it can be difficult. It can be difficult to find that balance. Right. And and then on top of that, some of these people are older. Yeah. So like older than me. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you, you're you're being as patient as you possibly can. I mean, I've shocked the hell out this one guy who was from Russia, but he lives in Toronto. We're still friends on face on Facebook. I just haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah. And he was I was telling him his whole entire history of like Russian history. We yeah. were speaking in English because he wanted to do his English. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he said, do you know, I talk to a lot of people from all over the world and you're the first person I've ever encountered that knows more about my country and its culture and history and politics. I wouldn't have thought someone from America would give a damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, well, see, I'm the exception to that rule. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know about someone's culture. I want to put my feet into their 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 country's shoes and walk a mile in it and learn mm-hmm. more. Because you're never going to understand a person until you understand where they come from. Of course, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be about politics. It doesn't have to be about religion. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, 90% of the time you're going to be talking about family, food, what you like to do, so forth and so on. You're not going to be talking about, let's have a discussion about why Iran is doing this and why Syria did this and what. No one cares. Mm -hmm. You know, they care about the important things, you know. You know, are you married? Nope. Why not? Mm -hmm. I don't want to. (laughs) Not yet, anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Do you have any kids? No, I can't have any. I'm sorry. Uh, I I got over it a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I love kids. I just can't physically have them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, well, what, what what kind of food do you like? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, but I can go into, you know, okay, let's talk about this book. Or let's talk about this. You know, and you strike up friendships that way. And I've made so many cool friends from all over the world doing that. Nice. That, you know, I mean, the Russians were the first to welcome me to the polyglot community, to be honest mm. And then every other community. And, you know, I mean, I have people from Brazil. And they're like, your Portuguese is good. I was like, mm-hmm. really? I didn't really think after six weeks of only studying it, I didn't think it was that, you know, I left it alone. I thought I was going to be able to speak to, like, uh, uh, um, somebody in the polyglot community in, in Brazilian Portuguese. And then I was like, dude, I'm not going to ever speak this language with nobody because nobody in my town speaks this language. Okay, mm-hmm. let me stop. You know, it, it was okay. You know, I still remember a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't, you see what I'm saying? Like, I kind of got to the point where I was just like, French and Italian are my favorite romance languages in the stories. Mm-hmm. You know, so Russian is my favorite Slavic language in the story. My favorite dramatic languages are Icelandic and Dutch, and then I like Finnish. Okay, mm-hmm. after that, let's go to Turkey. Let's go to the East. I'm good, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But, I mean, okay, yeah, Irish, I learned it because it's a heritage language. In Swahili, I learned it because it was a heritage language. But I'm mm-hmm. not going to be speaking it with nobody unless I go into a group mm-hmm. or, or talk to somebody. But, you know, uh, otherwise, most Irish people, they speak English. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I did that because I wanted to be more culturally aware of my, my lineage. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean... I'm going to go to Ireland tomorrow and start speaking Irish. Mm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Even though I would love to go, but just for the hell of it, because Ireland is such a beautiful country. Europe, Mm -hmm. I would just like to go all over Europe anyway, Mm -hmm. just because it's so beautiful. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, that's the type of stuff I try to tell people. You gotta connect to your languages. Just don't do it because I wanna speak Japanese to like a C1. I wanna pass the N1. Really? I just wanna be able to have a conversation. Yeah, some, and, and I was, uh, I, I was thinking, I think I made a comment on, on one of my recent podcasts about kind of the, um, there's definitely a divide between people who study languages to pass tests and people to study languages, like you're saying, just for conversation purposes or just to connect with people. I feel like um, I've seen it. I don't know if you've noticed this. I've seen it on social media. I've seen it in uh, YouTube. And having done both, because I've taken a lot of tests in languages. I've taken t- tests in Japanese. I've taken tests in Spanish. Uh, I actually have my GED in Spanish. Uh, and there's a different kind of psychology that comes when you're studying a language to, in order to pass an assessment. Like I'm doing now for this immigration uh, interpreter training. Like it's, I'll tell you, it's to me, it's not as fun when you're studying just to pass a test because oh, it's no, very, it's I, I don't think it's very, fun. I mean, having done it several times over my life, uh, it, it, very, they tend to be very vocabulary heavy. They tend to be, you know, the content is scattershot, so you may get something about current events. You may get something about not so current events, but it's still a news story that you're going to be tested on, on the grammar and the vocabulary and the context of that. So it, it sucks the fun out of language to me. Like when you're just focusing, like I've got to pass the test, the JLPT, I've taken the JLPT. It's, it's a difficult test. Like I took the lowest level several years ago when I was in Japan and it's a very hard test. Um, yeah, it's, it's not fun. So, I mean, my point is it's hard to bridge that gap because I see the value in assessments, having taken so many and having done well on some, having not done so well on others, I see the value in having definitely something to say, Hey, I know this language to tell people objectively, especially if you're looking to get employed with your language, right? To tell people objectively, I know this language. Somebody else says I know this language. You can hire me. You can trust. Right. I mean, because I have my TEFL and teaching English as a foreign language. Yeah. And business English and English mm-hmm. for young learners. Now, mind you, I knocked it out the ballpark for business for the 93. Yeah. yeah. I've got a 73 on teaching the kids because I missed one question and get a B. Mm-hmm. But I still, mm-hmm. pa- I, still, I still passed the entire course with a B. Okay? Yeah. Even though it only took me nine weeks to do it. Yeah. You know, the whole course, because I did it online for the first time. Yeah. And, I mean, I took, like, conversational Spanish 
And so I have my two, but I did that in nine weeks because I already took Spanish in college. So mm-hmm. I still remembered a lot of it because I was still listening to a lot of music. So mm-hmm. I remembered everything. Right. You know, but at the same time, I didn't want to be certified in Spanish. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I want to be certified in another language besides English, you know, I, I'll do it, you know, if it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But if it's not necessary, I mean, because I've heard it twofold. There are people that took it and they got the certifications and they didn't even need it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, oh, definitely happens. Yeah, yeah, and then there are people that you know they didn't have certifications and they got a job. No, it definitely happens. Yeah. So it's it's like a catch twenty two. You're damned if you don't do it. You're damned if you do do it because okay, is the is the subject matter that you're going for. Does it require that? Yeah, and I've definitely seen that in education as well. Like some, a lot of times they want, for instance, I've applied to a couple of interpreting and translating jobs in school districts. But a lot of times they just want a native speaker, you know, and they don't want to say that outright because, you know, especially oh, here in yeah, California, they're that. really, they're really, you know, uh, deliberate about, OK, we're not going to discriminate as, as far as your ethnicity, as far as your sex, whatever. But. You know, they're looking for somebody that they know. When they see a Hispanic name, you're, they're automatically rising to the top of the stack. And, I mean, and I've never been a hiring manager, but I'm just, I just know because I've applied for some of these jobs and I haven't gotten any callbacks. I didn't well, get any callbacks because yeah, my name I, isn't, isn't Hispanic. So it's like, well, I know what you're saying about, right. you know. I mean, because I went domestically and internationally, I was trying to get English teaching jobs. Mm. Couldn't get one. Mm, Not one. And I I kept saying to myself, well, what is it that I'm doing that's not right? Yeah. And a lot of it, yes, there are some discriminating factors depending on where you go. The idea that you're African-American. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't help sometimes. I'm African-American, but I also have a visual impairment, so they want to know Mm -hmm. how I'm going to teach this. Of course. I work with people in in nonprofit organizations from all over the world teaching them English on a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and I wasn't the only one in the room, you know, I yeah. was helping. But at the same time, these people trusted me. Mm-hmm. And they liked the tips I gave them. And, I, you know, at this time I was learning Russian. And, and I was speaking Russian to someone that was from Iran. Mm-hmm. She spoke Persian. And her favorite thing to do was translate from Persian to English children's books. Hmm. So she's a published a published author in her own right here in Africa. Nice. And you know, people loved me being there on Tuesdays and Thursdays for four hours a week because they got to you know, they don't get to see people that are disabled, that are high functioning, living on their own. Yeah. You know, they don't you know, some of their cultures don't like dogs, whatever the case is. But mm-hmm. they're they're getting acclimated into the U.S. culture. Yeah. And so we do things differently yeah. than, than what they're accustomed to. Yeah. And they, they were willing to embrace it. I mean, I learned so much about Palestine and, 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 and like Cameroon and all these different places where these people came from and, 
Mm-hmm. The, the stuff that they would have, they would be telling in their little stories and their presentations. I mean, it was such a great experience for me. And then I didn't mm-hmm. realize how much culture there was and how much immigration there was in Akron. And I just started seeing, you know, so much, like from people from Asia, especially China. You know, they're so textbook oriented. Yeah. Um, they don't want to go outside their comfort zone. We made them go outside their comfort zone. We did a a little scavenger hunt where they had to take two other people plus a volunteer. And I went with three people and I got to practice my Spanish and speak. And we got, they, they had to write down the information to where we were going. They yeah. had a map. They had a paper map. They had to use. They had to ask for directions. They had to listen. So they're practicing all their skills. In English. And it was amazing. And then they had to come back and they had to give a little presentation. But my bus that came for me to go home, regular bus. So I, I left. Mm-hmm. And, and they did their presentations. And when I came back, it was like, thank you, Chanel, blah, blah, blah. Hi, Bono, blah, you know. So, I mean, for me, that made me want to eventually get to a point where, uh, you know, I stopped doing this for fun. And I, I yeah. want to work in, I do want to work in immigration. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and someone's like, well, you really don't want to say that. And I'm like, why not? That's what this country's built off of. Mm-hmm. It's immigrants. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's built off the backs of slaves and indigenous servants. We can't forget that. We never yeah. can forget that. But it's built off of immigrants from all yeah. over. And why not learn a little bit of their language? If you know how to say hello, goodbye, thank you, it's nice to meet you, I am, I'm from, that's better than nothing. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. They think they need to know it all or speak it all. It's like, yeah, we don't even use that much vocabulary. Yeah, no, that's we, true. You know, so it's, you know, I I guess I look at it as uh, I'm having a good time right now with my own language learning journey. And I'm hoping that other people are trying to have a good time, too, without stressing themselves out over yeah. every little grammar point, every little... So what? You make a mistake. Yeah. You, you're going to learn. The more you do it, you'll catch your own mistakes. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's what people need. They just need to relax. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see that. I see a lot of uptightness on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, and, and those are the – and I think one thing that gets me about Twitter sometimes is that I think when I'm really like in like this morning, I was actually like really going over some Spanish stuff, you know, getting ready and just studying some stuff. I don't feel like posting anything at that time, but I have to remind myself of that when I see stuff on Twitter. It's like especially when it comes to the language learning community, it's like these people, a lot of people, including me, sometimes are taking time out to post like what's going on, like what they're doing. I just studied this. I just completed that, whatever. But to, for me, that takes me out of my my studying. Right. If I'm really like really just studying at that point, so I have to remind myself that that it just says something that they they want other people to know that they're studying this thing or they just finished this course or they just finished that or whatever, which is fine. But it just reminds me that this is it takes a certain mindset to want to post that on Twitter sometimes. Right. Like, okay, for instance, for me, I woke up, fed my dog, took him out, came back, changed my clothes, worked out, 
And after that, I went and jumped in the shower. And before I jumped in the shower, I turned on Michelle Thomas Irish. Mm-hmm. And I let it play while I was taking a shower. And I was doing my Irish while I was in the shower. Yeah. So I killed two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of it, and then I stopped. Mm-hmm. Saying, and then I was like, okay, let me eat breakfast. By the time I got done getting myself together, eating breakfast, it was not even a quarter to nine. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then I said, well, I got to interview you later. And then I was like, I want something sweet. So I went and I made, I found a recipe on YouTube and I made me some double chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. from scratch before I called you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so then after this, I can go and do my Swahili, you know, from Mango. Finish watching the Secession on um, HBO and because I've been, I've been streaming that since last night. I wanted to watch it, but I, you know, was waiting for them to let you do it for free. So I, I've been watching season one since last night. So mm-hmm. I'm binge watching that, and I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I've been doing that, and you know, I mean, I posted on Twitter and whatnot, but I, you know, I try to get my stuff. I try to incorporate my language learning throughout my day. Yeah. So if I know that I'm doing something. Let's get the let's get the Irish done. Yeah. So I'll get the Irish done. I get a bit of Irish done, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back and revise that because I learned about the past tense about how to say I made. Yeah. You know, in 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 Irish and a whole bunch of other things I learned today, and mm-hmm. so then I just tweeted I made cookie today. I made cookies. In Irish, and and you know that was the first time I actually dictated something with the Irish keyboard in Irish. Mm. You know, I hope, I hope I said it right. You know, nice. you know, okay, fine. If I didn't, okay, I'm making an attempt. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, too, um, you know, I'm using it whether I give a voice message or I, I dictate something, you know, and it's typed out for me, and I send it or whatever. I'm I'm using it, even if it's a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, I'm progressing. It might be slowly, but that's fine with me. I mean, what the hell else do I have to do? You know, mm-hmm. we can't really mm-hmm. go in the way. Yeah. So that for me, that helps, and I would hope mm-hmm. that you know somebody would get something out of what we talked about today because mm-hmm. it to me it's like. I understand you're stressing out because of this whole coronavirus thing and then other health issues or whatever, trying mm-hmm. to make sure you have, and I definitely understand all that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're learning a language, you can take your time. You don't have to rush it. Yeah, Enjoy right. it. Make it fun. Yeah. Okay, ask yourself, why did you want to learn a language in the first place? And please don't make it be, oh, I want to learn the language because... I want to be highly proficient in it. Well, mm-hmm. okay, I want to go to Colombia, speak some Spanish, order some food, have some drinks, have a good time, and come back. Hey, that's a great goal. Mm-hmm. That won't take much. You see what I'm saying? It right. really If you want to do the same thing in Paris, but I would, if, if that were me and I was going to Paris, I would want to make sure that my... My French was above a B1, mm-hmm. just because the French can be quite blunt, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, I would I would 
you know, I would be wanting to go and do all that history stuff and go see the Louvre, go see the Mona Lisa. I was so disappointed when I saw on TV they showed the picture of the Mona Lisa in the Louvre. Mm-hmm. And I thought, see, in my mind, I thought when you opened up this room, which is germ-free, okay, mm-hmm. they even have a tactile version in Braille of the Mona Lisa for people mm-hmm. who can't see very well. Mm-hmm. I can still see what people look like. So mm-hmm. when they showed this little picture of this woman, I thought it was some big colossal picture on the wall. Mm. When I saw that, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> I really was. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, why are you disappointed for it? Because I thought it was bigger than that. It was like, well, it's your imagination. Of course it's going to be bigger than that. I'm like, yeah. no, it's, it, I mean, because that's what you think. Yeah. In your mind, you don't think this is an 8 by 11 picture? Yeah, it's pretty small. Yeah. I was like, uh, that's it? I mean, I, yeah, it was a beautiful picture. But I just, you know, <laughs> I just was so like, wow. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so someone else said they don't care about That's it? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because if you've never seen it up close and personal. Yeah. You're just like. You think it's bigger than what it is. Yeah. Of course, that's what I always thought. I thought it was this big, colossal picture of this lady. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, I didn't know what they buy a size piece of paper. I'm like, yeah. Really? <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, I still would want to go to Paris. I would still want to go see the Eiffel Tower and have dinner and order food and, mm-hmm. and you know, just soak it all up. Yeah. yeah. But. And I would do the same thing in Italy, too. I would mm. just want to soak it all up if I could and go to Amsterdam. And I don't smoke weed, but I promote it. You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I'm yeah, supportive of it. But I would go. I would go to Amsterdam, speak some Dutch, you know. But, I mean, personally, like, those are the types of things I try to encourage people to do on a regular basis. Just have fun with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that's what it's supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about how many languages do you speak? Oh, are you an A1? Are you A2? Are you B2? Are you no, B2? and I definitely hear what you're saying. Like, you can definitely tell some people, especially, you know, younger people, they, you know, they get caught up in this numbers game of, you know, I speak this many languages and things like that. I mean, I go back to, I don't, I don't care how many you speak. It, it's up to you to determine how, how many you want to speak and what you're using it for. And I mean, only, only you know that. Only people, whoever they're, you know, whoever they are. Right. Only they know their true motivation, you know. It's up to them to really get it right. Because you're right. If the motivation is weak and lousy, then you're just not going to get very far. Then if it really is that superficial to where, you know, you're just trying to rack up numbers and, try to find more flags to put on your, you know, Twitter profile, then it, it's not going to last. And, you know, right. that's, that's just, that's the, to their loss, you know, and I know there's people out there that are like that, but, you know, it's just like that in any community, you know. Well, you, you know, and it, it, it is so, it is so weird because, um, I, I had, I was on, I'm in the Black Girls Learn Languages group, which is only for mm-hmm. Black women. Only. And it's yeah. very private. And she, and, and like, I asked this question. I was like, okay, so why is it everybody speaking all these European languages? What happened in the languages of the East? Mm. You know, I actually asked that question. And 
someone said, well, I speak Spanish because of this reason, and I'm learning Spanish because of this reason, and I'm learning French because of this reason, and I'm doing yeah. Italian because of this reason. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, but what about Turkish and Hindi, Swahili, Zulu, Igba, uh, Persian? You know, some of these languages has been around for over a thousand years. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, like th- there are people that speak Chinese and Korean and Japanese. Yeah. But it, to me, it was just like I, I was looking to see if somebody was going to say, oh, I'm learning Hindi. Mm-hmm. I'm learning Cantonese. I'm learning Thai. You know, um, something totally different out the box. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I see a lot of the European, you know, okay, I speak this many languages, and then you find out, okay, you're speaking German, Spanish, Italian, French, mm-hmm. Portuguese. No one really speaks Romanian that much. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, let's talk about Dutch. Okay, then Swedish, Danish, Norwegian. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, I speak Russian, Ukrainian, Polish, Bulgarian, Serbian. Okay, you're going and you're learning different language families. That's pretty much what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is why you speak this many, okay. And and I, I just sit there and I, I'm like, okay, but are you speaking, are, are you able to talk to somebody in these languages? Mm-hmm. Whether it's on the internet, you, you found, you made friends, you know, something. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going over to the country, something. Yeah. You're, I mean, with me, there always has to be a purpose behind why I'm learning anything. Yeah. Now, I have, I have dabbled. I'm not going to lie. I dabbled in Greek. I dabbled in Swedish and Danish and Norwegian, Brazilian Portuguese. I dabbled in it. But then I realized it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I just yeah. stopped after a month yeah. or a couple of weeks. Mm. But for some people, it's like, okay, I notice, especially on YouTube, how people make really bad criticisms mm-hmm. of the people who are posting their videos. Uh, well, you're, well, the fact that they're trying to learn your language in the first place should say a lot about that yeah, person. of course. You know, number one. Number two, why are you being so critical? Because a lot of English speakers aren't criticizing anybody for why they're learning English, you know. <laughs> Well, unless you come over here yeah. and you're dealing with somebody that's like a baby boomer or something. Let me put a disclaimer on here real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing against baby boomers, but mm-hmm. I see that a lot. Oh, well, we get all these people and they don't speak perfect English. There is no such thing. Mm-hmm. What part don't you get? They have an accent. Yeah. Whether it's from India, whether it's from China, whether it's from wherever, they have an accent. They probably learned British English. They probably wasn't learning American English. So you have to take that into account, too. British people speak differently than Americans. True. You know, and their lingo is a little bit like, okay, they're now using the word queue now. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. stand in the queue. Now, I mean, I know it means the line. But before that, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, for me, it was like, oh, okay, that that, that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, people don't people don't speak like that. Like, I I someone actually used a bit in a fortnight, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the heck is that? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I remember reading it in literature, but 
I didn't think anyone actually used those yeah. types of phrases anymore, you know? Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. So, for me, it was, you know, that was an education by itself about the English language as a whole. Mm-hmm. But what really got me was that these people are angry because they feel that they, they're not getting their point across to the person that's helping them over the phone, whether yeah. it's your light bill, your water bill, cable bill, phone bill. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of foreigners who are working well they don't speak there's no such thing as perfect english get that out of your head (laughs) they know english they speak it yeah but they're also having to follow a script yeah that's true believe believe it or not and so you know that that's something that people have to understand when you're learning english you can learn english for work purposes and that's it Mm. you know just like you can learn spanish for work purposes yeah this, I mean, like, I use the POT 101 series, mm-hmm. and, and I've been using it for six years now, and I have it for certain languages, and they have a business section for all the languages they have, because mm-hmm. they don't know if you're going to be working in that community or not, so why not learn it, you know? Right. And I always get their business, I always download their business stuff, because that's kind of important, you just want to know the terminology and stuff, and you know, for whatever reason you might want to know it for. You never know if you're going to use it or not, so why not know it? But, yeah, it's true. But they, they have to be able to speak enough English to be able to get by in order to hold that job. Yeah. In order to support their family. And the people on the other end, I understand you want to get your bill resolved, and you're trying to get it resolved, but there's a communication barrier problem. You're not understanding that they're, they have an accent and they're not really understanding everything you're saying because some of the vocabulary you may be using might not be familiar to them, so forth and so on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to, okay. I'm going to have to go. I, my wife came in and she's like, Oh, lunch is ready. It's lunchtime over here. All righty. But well, I I appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk with me. Oh, you're welcome. This time it will be published, thank God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everything goes well on the back end. There's no problems. I I know now that I have my own podcast, I definitely appreciate the the problems that go into the the back end of putting one out. So. Oh like, yeah. Are you are you on Anchor? No, I don't use Anchor. I use Castos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to look you up then. Yeah, yeah, you can find it. Um, my, you can go to my website, KeithAiden.net. It's on okay. there. That's where most of them are posted. But then I'm also on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I'm on Spotify as well. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Keith, for coming back onto the show. Thank you to all the listeners for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the podcast, share it. And remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process, enjoy the podcast, and enjoy your day. Be safe, God bless. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. Bye!